This is Lanny Poffel, formerly the genius of WWE, and you are listening to wrestling's first audio drama, Kings of the Ring. You're listening to the Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Welcome to Season 6 of Kings of the Ring. My name is Steve Detai, the writer-director of your favorite monthly wrestling soap opera, a fictionalized and romanticized retelling of the 1980s wrestling wars following the rise and fall of the power brokers of the sport with a look into the sex, drugs, and muscles lifestyle of the 80s wrestler and the sacrifices they make for success. We are rolling through 1986 as we recover from and the Kingsverse deals with the death of one of the major characters, Charlie Gotch. For new listeners, this is episode 51, and it's always best to start from the beginning like any TV series. But if you're just trying us out, you can listen to a Story So Far episode, which can summarize the events leading up to a particular season premiere, in this case, season 6. If you want to hear that first, or if anyone wants to get refreshed, it's not too long, uh, but can smarten you up on how we got to here today. There are Story So Far episodes to kick off every season, so feel free to jump in at any point. Uh, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. Follow us on social, all the links on the notes page. Uh, this show comes in book form as well. For those who just can't listen to a podcast or if you prefer to read, go to Amazon. Uh, and like most wrestling sites, we do have a Patreon account. Uh, you absolutely get cool stuff, including the ability to have a character named after you. All links in the notes. Today, it's Jesse James versus Donnie Gold in a steel cage. Sunday dinner with the Ironsides. The Alliance has a fateful meeting on a yacht. Nigel Davies confronts Julian. The Apocalypse debuts in Japan. And the bombshell of bombshells. And Julian Kane pays a special visit to someone. All that and much more today in Kings of the Ring. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated MA for profanity and sexual content. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To the Kings of the Ring. Son of a bitch! 
threaten him? For saying he was did you see him in the fight? Did you punch him in the chest? He was in the 70s. Did anyone actually see you enter the 75-year-old man? Did anyone witness did this? Did you punch him in the fight? chest? Choked you. When you fought him, that's your story, huh? How long have you been a race fit guy? Did you lift Actually, race? I can believe that. How'd you get those marks on your neck? When I got in the room, Charlie was on his back dying, and Julian was standing over him like a killer. His eyes! You had to see his eyes! He killed Charlie! For the last time, <clears throat> our companies are competitors. Mine was winning, and he was quite upset about it. <clears throat> he told me to meet at the Coliseum, which I did, happily, hoping we could come up with some peaceful truce. But instead, it was an ambush. At first verbal, and then when I tried to leave, he stopped me with force. Old or not, Charlie Gotch is an Olympic silver medalist wrestler. Put me in a sugar hole. A chokehold, and I passed out. When I finally woke up in a daze, Freddie Fangler and a bunch of other people were all around me. I was disoriented. If he didn't have that heart attack, you'd be questioning him over my death. Nigel Davies and Julian Slick, New York attorney, are accompanied by a police officer with keys. Nigel has a look on his face Julian hadn't seen before. Well, the attorney talks with the police. Let this man go. You have no cause to hold him any longer or press charges. After the medical examination, your story checks out, Mr. Kane. At least as far as you claim he choked you. A full autopsy will confirm, but our guy says the cause of Mr. Gotcha's death was indeed a heart attack. And with no other witnesses, we only have your story to go on until Mr. Fengler and the others entered the room. Based on Mr. Fengler's testimony and my general gut feeling about you, even if you were wide awake, doing fucking nothing, well, this man was dying before your eyes, which was several minutes. It's not a crime in the eyes of the law. You're free to go, Mr. Kane. Open this cage at once, and I'll be speaking to the chief about the conditions. Kings of the Ring, episode 51, The Bombshell. The de facto owner of American Midwest Wrestling, Nelly Gotch, is speeding down I-94 through the plains of North Dakota with ring announcer, and now the oldest member of AMW, Freddie Fengler. Come on, Nelly, slow down. Bullshit. It's just complete bullshit. Julian Kane should be rotting in a prison cell for the rest of his life. I mean, you were there. You saw him. He killed Dad. Oh, to be honest, Nelly, I'm not exactly sure. Hey, look out! <laughs> Nelly swerves past the car. Jeez, some crackers, Nelly. You've been awake for days. I really wish you'd let me drive. Hell no, Freddy. I fucking drive this car. You would still the only thing you're good at, sitting there and not saying a goddamn word. <sighs> Sorry, Freddy. Uh, I didn't mean that. But I'm fine. Let's change the subject. Well, what's the card tonight? Uh, you booked all the cards, Nelly. Oh, right. Uh, it's in my briefcase in the back seat. There's nothing back here. Where'd you see the briefcase last? Um, I don't know. I, I was looking for my wallet in, in the gas station. I put it on top of the car, maybe. Oh, shit. For fuck's sake. Oh, no. What else can go wrong? 
We gotta turn around. Nelly, that, that was three hours ago when we filled up. We're almost at the building. Shit. Shit. Do you remember what the card was? Uh, well, don't you remember? You're the goddamn ring announcer. You read every fucking match. What the fuck do you want from me? Uh, of course, Nelly. Uh, when we get to the arena, I'll take care of you. Better. Because if you don't, Dad's gonna blow a fucking gasket. He's already mad at me for the last fight we had. Nelly breaks down as he remembers where Charlie is in the last conversation they had. At the Ribera Steakhouse in Tokyo, Japan, the Texas Outlaws, Yosemite Smith and Tex Harper, welcome the newest gaijins to the Japanese wrestling scene, the Apocalypse, Shark and Buzzsaw from AMW. Beside them, their longtime friends, who also started wrestling at the same time they did, after they were all discovered at the Midwestern bar they all bounced at, Vladimir and Dmitry Rykov from SCW. The owner of Ribera, along with the president of World Japan Wrestling, Mikasa, present Shark and Buzzsaw with official Ribera satin jackets, only given to the best wrestlers in Japan. Ah, Texas Outeros show you good time. A shark in the buzzsaw. A fan like you. A fan uh, like you face. You two look like Hokuto no Ken. Buzzsaw smiles and nods back while Shark's face wrinkles. We look like what? Tex Harper explains. It's this new cartoon they got out here. In English, it's Fist of the North Star. All these Japs are into it, and the boys made me watch one night. I couldn't make heads or tails of it, but it ain't lying. You boys look like them mutants. I don't know what that means, but I'll take that as a compliment. Arigato, Mikasa. Haha, <laughs> I bring you back next tour. Mikasa looks at everyone. You have a good evening, gentlemen. Drink our sake. Drink our beer. Eat our food. He bows and walks off. Working with these jabs, brother, it's easy. Buzzsaw smiles. I mean, they're, they're stiff, but you can just hit them as hard as you want and they just bounce around. It's fun. The most muscular of the group, Nate Wilkinson, otherwise known as the Russian Vladimir Rykov. Hey, Tex, thanks for getting us booked. I am loving the entire experience here in Japan. Jason Razor, who portrays his kayfabe brother, Dimitri, turns to the Texas outlaws as he drops yet another sake bomb. See, I told you if you talk to Jesse, he'd vouch for us. I don't even talk to Jesse anymore. But I knew if you guys were anything like Shark and Buzzsaw, you'd get over in Japan. Yosemite Smith looks closer at Dmitri Rykov. You need to take it easy with that sake, brother. It'll sneak up on you. Dmitri hiccups and gives a glassy-eyed thumbs up. Mikasa is far and away the best boss I ever had. Yep. Makes us been good to us, so we try to be good to him. Yeah, probably doesn't promise you the world title and then give it to some glitter-covered fairy. Dimitri scratches his head. Uh, you mean Mary Lovelace or Donnie Cole? <laughs> Tex turns to Vladimir. You got heat with Jesse James, boy? Buzzsaw steps in. Well, don't you have heat with him? You just said you don't talk anymore. And you guys were the original Texas Outlaws. I mean, I mean, what's the story there? Just cause I got heat with him, it don't mean you can, Greenhorn. Jesse James forgot more about the business than you'll ever know. Whatever he did or said to you, 
I trust he added reasons. Whatever. Yeah, I need another beer. Vladimir gets up as Shark looks at Dimitri as he finishes off another steak. I think you just made the decision that much easier. What's that? We're leaving AMW. Me and Buzz ain't getting anywhere over there. And even though Charlie kicked the bucket, Nelly's no different. But we got offers from Jesse James and Julian Kane to jump. Yeah. No shit. And from everything you're saying, we'd be better off in New York. I don't want to move all the way to Atlanta just for Jesse to break his promise we could work there. Vladimir comes back with a bottle of Sapporo beer. Listen, kid. The booker is always going to make all kind of promises. And he's going to break most of them. It's the nature of the job. <laughs> what the hell, Jason? You're spitting all over me. I'm so fucking funny. Well, you can just do what Miss Kitty did. Fuck the boss and make sure you got a job for life. <laughs> Tex Harper stands up and slams his beer down. Now just watch your fucking mouth, boy. No, 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 no. Not Jesse. Daniel. Hawkins? Dimitri motions them to come closer like he's telling secrets on the come playground. Here, come here. Daniel Hawkins fucked. Miss Kitty. Vladimir smirks. Bullshit. Miss Kitty's the, the toughest, meanest bitch I ever met. No way she's screwing that fucking nerd. No. Our last shot in Tampa at the Marriott is the middle of the goddamn night. I had to go to the top floor to get smokes because our machine was broken. You know Daniel always gets a penthouse and none of the boys are ever up there with him. Usually because he brings his hookers. But I saw Miss Kitty clear as day. Creeping out of that fucking room like she just got fucked. <laughs> Swear to God. Dimitri's head spins as he passes out in his plate. Bullshit. This asshole was probably just as drunk that night as he is now. Yeah, I don't know him either, man. Uh, but anyway, can we get some women? You know, like them geisha girls, like that Shogun miniseries? Ah, you want a bathhouse? We're going there right after here. That's what I'm talking about. Vladimir looks at Buzzsaw as he gets up and slaps Dimitri on the back. Take care of your best friend, Justin. It'll be like prom night all over again. <laughs> I'm going with these guys to the bathhouse. Shark ditches his tag team partner to go with them. I believe it. If she fucks that pansy Lovelace, then she'd deal with Hawkins too, right? Senator Williams made another appearance at the Emanuel Christian Center in Minneapolis, welcoming visiting, self-described new friends, televangelists, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye. Hollywood Buddy Melrose is doing what he does most nights these days, sitting on his lazy boy recliner, drinking scotch. And on this night, his head is heavy as he thinks about how he was betrayed by a mystery wrestler, which not only ended his long-term efforts to form Pro Wrestling's first union, but got him fired as well. And finally, in sad news, the longtime owner of American Midwest Wrestling, Charlie Gotch, has died. AMW was a staple in Minnesota, where the Robbinsdale native who wrestled in or promoted hundreds of shows oh at Lord. the St. Paul Civic Center, no, the Men's no. Center, and all throughout the state. He died unexpectedly of a heart attack at a wrestling show in Denver. Carol! He survived by his only son, 
pro wrestler Nelson Gotch. I'm in here, it's Charlie. Gotch was 75. He's dead. Thank you, Lord, for every day upon this earth, for protecting Gabriel from those who would do this family harm. And thank you, Lord, for rebirthing Michael, holding him in your heavenly embrace, and returning him to me without the sinful temptations and impulses to lay with a man ever again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Gabriel raises an eyebrow at that last line and looks at Michael for a reaction, but gets none as Michael's head is down into his corn. Gabe, what's the latest on the case? When are they dropping charges? Oh, uh, I don't think they're going to drop charges, Dad. I, I mean, they got no reason to. Even old Honeycutt can't pull that angle off. Cody Honeycutt's been our lawyer for the longest, and we can always count on him. But maybe you should look for counsel elsewhere. I don't think Honeycutt's a problem. I mean, we were caught red-handed. Well, what kind of attitude's that? No wonder we're going to lose. Bottom line, Bert points at Gabriel with his knife. You cannot go to jail. Denny Wayne can spend ten years at Sing Sing for all I care. But an angel cannot be seen behind bars. Come on, Dad. Nanny's been loyal to us. Even with you healing them out in the shoot news stations. Loyalty is one thing, but family's another. And I got to look out for mine. Well, Honeycutt is proposing something, but you ain't gonna like it. What? I think I'll, I'll tell you about it later. Wanna hear about it now, boy? Tell me now. You're not gonna wanna hear this. Michael seeing Gabe about to get into even more trouble. Well, I wanna talk about me. Gabe and Bert both stop and look at Michael. Daddy, I'm ready to come back. Now, I've been totally clean of drugs for, for weeks and weeks, and I'm getting back into shape. You sure, boy? Yes, sir. Well, all right, then. But I want to do it in the sportorium to guarantee the biggest pop for TV. Gabe, you and Denny Wayne. Rebels interfere, and Big Cooter takes his belt off and starts whipping you. Okay. Then, Michael, you come out for the save. Sounds good, Daddy. Now, we really need a shot in the arm with this, particularly with Gabe screwing the pooch with his legal stuff getting arrested. Gabe sits back in his chair and shakes his head, glaring at his father. So it's up to you, son, to save this family and the All-South Territory. And that means grassroots, winning the fans back one girl at a time. What do you mean? I mean, since you're back to how you used to be, you should go out with the boys after the show. Oh, jeez, Daddy. Uh, my counselor says I shouldn't even be drinking. Fuck your counselor. We got bills to pay. Now you need to go out with the boys and start flirting with the girls there. And I mean like all of them. And fuck as many as you can. Jesus, Dad. Or at least a blowjob or a handjob. We'll make sure you do it at the bar so everybody knows. You cut this shit out, Dad. Leave him alone. No, Gabe. Daddy, you got it. No sweat. Gabe almost spits out his water and looks at his brother in disbelief. Covered in sweat and blood inside a sold-out Richmond Coliseum as they battle at the top of the cage. Jesse James firing off punch after punch on the Donnie Gold's head. And Donnie crashes all the way to the back. To get his revenge for betraying him at the Omni and for robbing him of the world title in Charlotte. Jesse raises a finger and his capacity crowd is with him. What's Jesse doing? He's staying up there, even with that gimpy knee Donnie was working on the entire match. Donnie's slowly rising to his feet. What's Jesse doing? He's too big to jump off. High cross body press. 
Referee John Silver is right behind Donnie, and he's down too. One, two, three. Jesse has a beat, but there's no referee. Jesse James should be the champ again. Jesse trying to revive John Silver. Hey, wait. What are they doing here? That's Pretty Boy Willie Dean and the best Kenny Wet. They're trying to get into the cage. Wasn't screwing the Rocket Rollers out of the World Tag Team titles enough for one night? Oh no, they're in. They're attacking Jesse James. The battered old Texan's going down, but look at him. He's still got some fight left in him. He took them both down with a double elbow smash. Wait, Donnie from behind. No, no. He just hit Jesse James right in the crotch. They just woke John Silver. He crawls over, and Donnie's covering him. Oh, one. Two, three, oh, Jesse was robbed again. They cheated. Here is your winner, and still, WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Diamond Now what do they do? Oh, come on. We're stomping on that knee, all three of them. Willie Dean and Kenny West are working in conjunction with Donnie Gold. Now Kenny West and Willie Dean are holding Jesse's leg out, while Donnie goes to the top rope. Oh, my God. If Donnie comes down with that... Look, fans are charging the cage. Security's trying to pull him down. Donnie jumps over the top rope. He broke Jesse's leg. He broke Jesse's leg with a flying knee smash. Look at the outlaw writhing around in the mat. Look at his leg, how it's bent. He's going to be crippled for life. Oh my, fans are pushed over the barricade. Oh, oh, they're swarming all over the fence trying to get in the cage. Kenny West and Willie Dean beating on Jesse and stomping that knee. Um, police are filing out. Well, uh, this is getting uglier. Should we get out of here? Okay, um, uh, fans, police and arena security are finding out trying to form a human barricade. Whoa, okay. The fans of Richmond are, are irate. They're shutting down the ringside barrier around the ring. Police are coming out now, and all security is gathered. Oh my god, look at Jason James rolling around the man, clutching that knee. Well, the police having to escort those three cowards. Okay, they're getting out of here. At least it's over. Willie Dean, Kenny West, and Donnie Gold make it into the hallway just barely as the police push them through, and they try to catch their breath. Holy shit, that was incredible. Those people are rad. We get him, brother. Oh, what was that? Last open as dozens of fans push through into the hallway like Black Friday. Holy mother! Run! Donnie, Willie, and Kenny run down the hallway at top speed as the mob chases them down the arena hallway. Blast out the door where a police car is open, and they fall right into the back seat, and the car peels off. Those dumb fuckers just jumped right in the police car. Charlotte PD doing the right thing. Taking them straight to jail. Ugh. Vern, Rascal, I owe you, brothers. Boy, that was worse than Puerto Rico. From the front seat, the older police officer turns around with a smile. Yeah, we got word from inside the natives for wrestlers. Got a feeling y'all might need a quick exit. Just take us straight to the hotel. What about my ship? Don't worry, brother. Jen Silver, someone will get it. Is your first riot? Kenny nods. Now that, my friend, is what you call heat. And once they show this on TV, we just sold out every arena for the next three months. Oh <laughs> yeah.
Kings with our ring will be back after today's messages. You toss her. Hey, Vern, I see you've been to one of them other car dealers. What'd that set you back, huh? <laughs> yeah. Should've talked to your old buddy Ernest first, know what I mean? Vern, Cerritos Auto Square's where you should've gone. They got thousands of cars on just one square block. They got 14 friendly auto dealers, and they got sale prices seven days a week. Vern, if Cerritos Auto Square ain't got it, you don't need it, know what I mean? Vern. Burn. Why are you getting out of there? Burn. Burn. I'm Bob Neal, host of the 1986 Goodwill Games. Starting July 5th, America's best athletes will compete against the Russians and the world in the first Goodwill Games live from Moscow. This outstanding athlete will be representing the U.S. this July. It's an unnatural movement, but once you do it right, it feels so good. It, it's almost like gliding through the air, like, like skipping a rock along water. Good eye. This is Jack Valiant. Be sure to watch the Goodwill Games here on WVBS. We now return to Kings at Arang. Burt Ironside from All South Wrestling in Dallas. Raylan Crenshaw of Wild Wild Wrestling out of Nashville. And George Gilmore, the retired president of the Alliance, looks out onto the Gulf of Mexico in Gilmore's 35-foot yacht while George passes ice-cold bottles of Budweiser to the remaining elder members of the World Wrestling Alliance. Here you go, gentlemen. <laughs> and then there were three. Well, technically, it's just two. Since Georgia retired and all. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. We ain't dead just yet, Crenshaw. Well, I know my little corner's doing just fine. Between Memphis and Newville, our people are loyal and we keep them happy. You still ain't fix your shit, Einside. I gotta turn on the, the ABC News and see your son getting arrested for drugs with his opponent, Dana Wayne? Already fixed that, you little runt. You sure? Tell the TV news Gabriel was kidnapped by Dana Wayne and the drugs were planted on him when the balls didn't move indeed. But them empty seats all across the South telling me the people ain't buying it. But don't matter, cause Michael's back. Oh yeah, Michael Angel, the savior. I don't like your tone, Raylan. Hey, I like Michael. He's a good hand. But he ain't gonna be able to rescue All South. Well, you better hope he does. Because if All South goes down, the Alliance is going down with him. Well, even if it does, then what? The Empire already made Michelangelo a big star all over the country. Now they know you started sending tapes out to stations all over the country. In Boston, you guys are almost as popular as the Empire. Are you the next Alliance guy with big eyes? Never. Them tapes I send out is extra cash. Well, that's it. I believe in the territory system. Oh, I believe you, boy. We from the old guard. Well, we know the score. But I can't vouch for the others. Including Nelly. First Julian Kane, Now Daniel Hawkins. All these young bucks thinking their kind of wrestling should be nationwide and going out on this cable TV. Huh. That kind of greed ain't a good thing, no sir. Now that Nelly's in charge of the Midwest, is he the next young buck we need to worry about? I know Nelly, and he believes in the alliance to the core. I ain't worried about that. But according to Freddie Fingler, we need to worry about him uh, as a person. He ain't taking the death of his father well, at all. Losing his marbles. That is not good, men. But as long as we can count on his votes, he can have as much time as he needs to grieve. George Gilmore tries to reassure them. But the matter at hand now is Daniel Hawkins. 
You all have cable, so you will have seen he's already made the logo change from SCW to WWA All-Star Wrestling on WVBS. Jay Delvo no longer says the word Southeast Championship Wrestling. It's only WWA and World Wrestling Alliance. As if they were the face and the other territories don't even exist. They're also expanding their house shows to two touring shows per night. I've already sent a cease and desist letter to change the logo immediately. But legally, uh, you don't have the grounds to force anything permanent. Since buying my Heartland Wrestling at auction, after the Crusher Krawcheck lawsuit, that's one vote to Hawkins. His original CWE territory makes two votes. And buying SCW Atlanta from Julian a year and a half ago gives him three votes. You two plus Nelly's vote is three. And of course, Julian Kane's been up for several years, which leaves us at a 3-3 stalemate. What about Diamond Donnie? The champion gets a tiebreaker, right? Exactly. Donny Gold is the key. And because so much hangs in the balance, this must be handled delicately. Because if we push too hard, he could vote Hawkins' way and we're done. You ain't talked to him yet? No, it's too important to handle over the phone. Which is why, at Charlie Gotcha's funeral, we'll ambush Donnie and secure his vote. That's a tall order. He already works with Daniel Hawkins every damn day, selling out every building in the run. We have to appeal to Donnie's belief in the Alliance and that Hawkins doing these moves hurts the entire sport but also his loyalty to me and his affection for Charlie Gotch, and that he owes us, both of which I will be pushing shamelessly upon him. Gilmore takes a slug of his beer and looks out into the ocean. There's no way I'm gonna let that Poindexter Daniel Hawkins, my old enemy from law school, win this one. The All-American Dan Sanders gets up at 5 a.m. like every morning to do his calisthenics workout, having given up lifting weights long ago. His rippling physique softened up, but his strength and endurance has never been greater. Although, you wouldn't know it these days. His back cracks and creaks as he drops down to the floor and grabs what looks like a small wagon wheel with a stick handle in its center. He grabs each side of the stick and rolls the wheel in front of him on the floor as he feels his abs stretch and contract when he notices a big drop of blood. He sees another one come off his eyebrow and runs to the motel mirror where he sees the band-aid on his forehead is mostly slipped off and the razor size cut underneath has reopened. He dabs it with toilet paper as he notices the bruises on his chest and arms have darkened and lets out a big sigh as he looks at himself in the mirror. You're getting too old for this shit, Sanders. At the Manhattan Fitness Club, Julian Kane is playing racquetball against another club member. Nigel Davies and Louis the Greek are stuck on the bleachers behind this large plexiglass wall, forced to spectate. Louis tries to enjoy himself, deciphering this strange indoor tennis, while the elegant Brit, Nigel, patiently smokes his Winston, as two other club members stand beside the door, rackets in hand, waiting for their turn. Better luck next time, Julian. But we'll talk next week. You got it, Gary. Finally, Julian finishes their match and opens the door, letting the other two in. And work on that backhand. <laughs> yeah, good one. Julian's opponent leaves as Louis the Greek smirks. You did job for him. You purposely hit that last ball bad. Of course, Louis. That's the vice president of Comcast, the regional cable provider in Pennsylvania. 
might have some big things cooking for them in the EWF. I need him thinking good things about me, not how I could have creamed him at will. <laughs> Nigel rolls his eyes as he exhales a plume of smoke. You know he can't smoke in here, Nigel. It is a health club. Nigel shakes his head and keeps smoking. What do you want, Julian? Status, gentlemen. Is, uh, is Vance Armstrong working more shows? Yes. He have more match with Brian Lovejoy. Almost as good as first one. Ah, that's good. Uh, very good. But I don't want to waste him on that undersized Calgary jobber. I want some good action pics of Vance in EWF magazine, and I don't want Lovejoy's stupid face in them. You want him work Mabutu Zulu? <laughs> Zulu turned to kitty cat. He'd do anything we tell him now. No question asked. He even put over green guy Vance. I know it. Not yet. Mobutu is still a main eventer, so let's save that. Okay, um, you decide you want him Russian turncoat or uh, take Thor in spot? I'm leaning towards Russian turncoat. He's got the goods to be our top baby face, but Thor's earned another shot with me. I want to give Thor some more rope. What'd he do, anyway, that you like him again? Julian remembers how Thor revealed to him about Buddy's attempt to form a union. He showed his true loyalty, but he's not completely out of my doghouse just yet. <laughs> Nigel angrily snuffs out his cigarette on the plexiglass wall, sending little orange embers down the glass like a waterfall. I'm glad you're in such a bubbly mood, Julian. But Charlie Gotch is dead. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Co-founders of the World Wrestling Alliance and greatest contributors to our sport and my friend is dead. I would hope this tragedy would reset your perspective, but instead your giddiness is merely confirming my worst fears. The fact that you got away with murder. Whoa, Louis, you're gonna let him say that? Julian, no one here but you, me, Nigel. We know you, Vendetta. We know you ate Charlie with all your heart. No, you're being too easy, Louis. This innocent routine isn't going to work with us, Julian. Tell us what happened. With sweat still dripping off his face, Julian steps up to Nigel's face. Since you're so smart, why don't you tell me what happened? Police report be damned. You went there to wind Charlie up and bait him to attack you so you could press assault charges on him and land him in jail or sue him. But what happened was far worse for him and a dream come true for you, Julian. I don't believe your story for one moment that you were unconscious and didn't find out until later he had a heart attack. I believe that Charlie's heart burst before your eyes and he lay there dying while you stood above him, taunting him and savoring every last second of his life. And that makes you far worse than a villain, Julian. It makes you less than human. Julian, almost at a loss for words. You can't prove anything. And he stomps out of the room. As Julian drives home, stewing over his fight with Nigel, he thinks about his mother. The one person Julian Kane was always compelled to fight for, regardless of their issues and arguments over the years, he saw her raped by Charlie Gotch as a child, which was the original seed for why he hated the old AMW promoter and best friend of his father. The greatest secret he kept at the request of his mother. So to bring to her the news of this monster meeting his demise, and his role in this 
is something he's been waiting his entire life for. He goes to the family house in Jersey City where he grew up and finds his mother Gloria in the living room, curled up on a chair. Mother, mother, I'm sure you've heard the news about Charlie Gotch. I want you to know what I did. I did for it. What? As he gets closer, he sees she's curled up with a framed picture of Charlie Gotch from his dad's office and mascara lines streaked down her cheeks. What the hell is going on? Are you crying over this man's death? She composes herself as she looks up at her son. Why do you care? This man, this monster, he... I mean... Can I say it out loud finally? The man raped you. Are you that forgiving? We all keep secrets, Julian. And that was one I kept from you. Letting you think that. Think it? I saw it with my own eyes. You don't have to keep the secret anymore. You saw what you think you saw. What you wanted to see. What are you talking about? Why would I want to see Charlie rape you? Because it would protect you from seeing the entire truth. You're talking gibberish. You're delusional. You're old. Losing your mind. I can't take this. I'm leaving. Her temper rises as she grabs his wrist. Julian, look at me. Listen. Remember what you saw. Fine. I remember going to the basement to get a bottle of booze from Bert. I heard the noises of you trying to escape. And Charlie's voice, grunting, attacking. And when I got closer, I saw him raping you. What you really saw. He was forcing himself. You were... You were struggling. Because he was raping you. Right? She smirks and his heart sinks. The memory crystallizes, changing before his eyes. The blurry images of Charlie raping her becomes clearer. To his young eyes, she was in pain, but now he sees she told Charlie to stop because she didn't want to get caught. No. Ask me the question you never wanted the answer to. No. Julian shakes his head and falls back against the counter as he gets dizzy, the tears pouring out of his eyes, his world collapsing all around him. No way. Never. No. Ask me, damn it. He stops, frozen. He looks up at Gloria, and his face turns cold, and his eyes go black and his fists clench so hard they pierce his skin. I loved her. Why were you two fucking in our basement? There it is. That venom. Ironic. What you saw that night was a secret I kept from your father his entire life. Out of love to spare him any more pain. What do you mean, more pain? Gloria sits back, wipes her eyes with her handkerchief, and looks at the photograph of Charlie smiling back at her and traces her finger on the side of his face. That night was the last time I saw Charlie. Like that. She looks up at Julian. But it wasn't the first time. What? You had an affair with that... Cretan? You are the monster! Your father kept a secret too. One that only he and I knew to this day. 
What are you talking about? Jonathan knew I wanted children more than anything. And when I was pregnant with you, that's how he found out about me and Charlie. What do you mean? When he told me he couldn't have children. No. He looked at this as a blessing. No, no. Stop it. You lying bitch. That's not possible. Oh, wake up, Julian, you spoiled brat. Jonathan was the kindest man I ever knew. You don't have a kind bone in your entire body. Jonathan sacrificed his pride, his honor for me. And for you, that is love. And you spent his entire life spurning him. You are fueled by hate and revenge. You're just like your father. Your real father. I said before episode 50, the ending would change the Kingsverse forever, and it did. And for the season 6 premiere, I promised a bombshell, and you absolutely got a bombshell. Julian Kane just found out his real father is Charlie Gotch. Wow. There were two deleted scenes today, Thor Hansen talking to Daniel Daybreak about the Super Team USA TV pilot, and the promos from Jesse James and Donnie Gold to hype their cage match. If you heard them, then you are a patron of Kings of the Ring, and I thank you for your patronage. If you did not hear them, I invite you to patreon.com slash kingsotr, where you'll hear the full extended edition of each episode of this series as well as access to the entire back catalog of extended episodes, plus early access to new episodes, and so much more. And a big thank you to those patron listeners and those who listen on the standard worldwide feed on podcast apps and YouTube. You are much appreciated. And please continue to tell your friends and family about the coolest show in the biz, Kings of the Ring. And we'll see you for the next episode, The Funeral of Charlie Gotch.